1: Uh, Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another fantastic edition of Electric Liberty Land. Thanks for joining me here. Brian McWilliams bringing you your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. Uh, Apologies. Last week, the show got pulled off YouTube because of their, uh, I don't know, community standards clause. I think it was because I sampled a Rand Paul statement where he was talking about COVID. So I'll tread lightly because I don't want my interview today to get pulled off with a guest I'm very excited about, uh, Mr. Federico Fernandez. I will bring him on in just a minute but you know before we start I want to tell you guys please get into our Patreon. I'm wearing my my uh taxation is death shirt today and obviously with what's going on right now in Afghanistan this shirt is a uh, a poignant conversation starter and really a statement as to how our tax dollars are used. Used to bomb people across the globe including the Afghan people uh who really don't want us there. That much has seemed uh, to be abundantly clear. And we'll talk a little bit more about that on the show. But, um, you know, also I was kind of joking that I'm going to tell my kids that uh, sending these troops back, the Biden administration sending thousands of troops back into Afghanistan, that's the definition of white extremism, right? Getting in there, (laughs) have these white guys marching in and uh, repeating the mistakes of the past and really not helping anything. But, Without further ado, uh, you guys can join patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Get in there. $5 is the uh, the lowest amount you can come in on. Get all of our bonus content. My bonus shows my morning rants. And, of course, you get discounts on all the gear like the T-shirt I'm wearing today. And you can choose how much you influence the show by virtue of how much you want to contribute per month up into actually producing your own show and topics here. So check that out again, patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. All right. Now that that's out of the way, I want to bring in a guest, uh, a man I've become very fond of and who has introduced me, uh, along with uh, some other compatriots of his, into becoming more involved in the European liberty movement and more involved in what's going on there, pushing free markets, pushing free ways of thinking, pushing against obviously uh, the modern monetary theory and ways of operating, which seems to have run rampant like a plague through the entire world. So without further ado, it is Federico Fernandez. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, my friend, and nice to see you.
0: Hello, Brian. It's It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. So, you know, coming into this, uh, Federico has invited me. I'm going to be going over to speak at the Austrian conference, the 10th annual annual Austrian International Conference, which is bringing together free minds, free markets, uh, economists, uh, philosophers, people that yell into microphones like myself and, uh, and so much more. And I, wanted, I want you to tell people about that. But before we do, I want to hear a little bit more about you and your background, um, because you know, you're know you coming, I think right now you live in Poland. Of course, you're not originally from Poland. And I'm curious as to your journey and how you came to this position as a senior research fellow at the Austrian Center, uh, which is its own free market think tank over in uh, Vienna.
0: Yeah, happily. I mean, I'll try to to be brief anyway. I... I In two, you know, a long time ago, longer than I would like to, uh, you know, acknowledge Mm -hmm. in 2004, with you know, a group of of, of friends and people who were interested in liberty, we started a a foundation in Argentina called Fundacion Bases to promote the ideas of of classical liberalism or what you would call in in the US libertarian ideas, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, That led me to uh, do a lot of work related to the Austrian School of Economics. And eventually that led me to uh, know about the Hayek Institute in Vienna and then the Austrian Economic Center that was born a little bit after the, the Hayek Institute. And well, to, to know Barbara Kolm uh, and, and other people who, who work at the Institute. In 2013, I was quite tired of, of what, what was going on in Argentina and i had never lived abroad i had traveled a lot i was very lucky in that regard but i had never lived abroad so and, and i was really quite fed up with what's going on in in the country so i always liked vienna i don't have any you know my my let's say my background is, is from from spain and italy my family background i have nothing to do in that regard to to central europe but i have always liked this part of the world i have always been very much interested in, in Vienna, everything that was going on there 100 years ago, of course, the Austrian School of Economics. So I said, okay, I'll go at least for, for some months. My idea was to, to go there between eight, nine months, learn some some German. And well, when I was planning on doing that, I contacted Barbara. And I told her that I was planning to go to, to Vienna. And if there was something I could do at the Institute, I would be very happy. And she made a terrible mistake. And she said, yes, come, <laughs> come, come with us. And once you were in, you, know, <laughs> you were in. Impossible
1: to get out of there. <laughs>
0: Indeed. Yeah, yeah. And well, those, you know, those original eight night months out of, you know, since two, September 2013 and counting. I was I, I lived in 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 Vienna for for a little bit over four years, and well, then I I met my uh, my my wife, what who, uh, who was not my wife at the time I met her, of course. <laughs> <I> <laughs> love at first sight. I mean, honest, love
1: it first sight. You know, same thing.
0: Indeed, yeah. And they say that the that best be basis very... for a
1: marriage is always economically uh, shared viewpoints. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that would be very practical, you know, that you meet someone, yeah, you immediately are Some people say sexual and... chemistry,
1: but not me. <laughs> I get him in the bedroom, and I ask yeah. him about their I say, "What do you think about uh, fiat currency?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those were, you know, my openings, as you can imagine. You know, we were talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our, what, what was her position about? You know, one hundred percent reserve banking or free banking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, and I, I met her. I met her in Vienna. She was, she was working there at, at the time, and then, well, then. I moved here and we eventually got married. So, I mean, I've been very much related to Argentina and to Latin America in general before all this craziness of COVID and coronavirus and whatever. I used to travel a lot between, let's say, the two parts of the world. Now, you know, but let's say I, I knew Zoom and all these things before they they became, they became fashionable. <laughs> yeah, right. So I was used to, to working like this.
1: Well, tell me a little bit more. You know, I, I'd mentioned this to you, but you had said that Argentina had a very libertarian. And, and, and again, I'm curious to see what it is now versus what it was before. As you said, you got a little bit fed up with what was going on in the country. So tell me a little bit more about Argentinian uh, you know, economics, the way in which people view liberty and, and their own personal freedoms. And then I also want to hear a little bit more about the differences currently in the European sphere of influence and how that might differ from where I'm coming from, especially since I'm coming over there. I'm very interested to see how people are going to react to some of the, the uh, things that I think.
0: Well, Argentina, you know, there are several ways that we could talk about the country, Let's say economically is, is, is doing very badly. And I don't think it's going to improve in the near future. Uh, we, w- when I left in 2013, we, we, we still had, uh, as president, someone called Christina Kirchner. Uh, she and her husband basically ruled Argentina since 2003 or four, 2003, I think. Uh now, I, I, yeah, no, 2000, yeah, 2003, yes. Since 2003, there were 12 years until tw- uh, 2015. There was, afterwards, it came a center-right a government um, in 2015. They They did not succeed. Unfortunately, they tried to be very gradual in their approach. And, you know, the reality, like a wave, you know, uh, basically moved them aside and, and unfortunately the, the Christina Kirchner came back not as president but as vice president for many she's the acting president anyway uh, myself included by the way um, and the situation is not good we are let's say our, our Argentina has one of the highest uh, inflation rates in the world uh, the economy is a disaster the confinements and the lockdowns um in the last 18 months have been brutal the number of, of SMEs that have uh, went down is, is unbelievable the number of people who have lost their jobs, the situation with you know let's say uh, people who are you know, informally uh, working uh, and, and many there are many other things that that you know are, are very very other metrics that are very bad. What's really encouraging, is that on the other hand the libertarian movement in Argentina is definitely growing and it's growing very strongly Argentina has and then maybe we can talk about this about this has a yeah. strong libertarian tradition and classical liberal tradition and it's having like a like a total revival but to the point that now in this year we have a midterm elections um, you know legislative elections and there are several quite libertarian candidates some of them extremely libertarian candidates mm-hmm. and with possibilities to enter very big possibilities to enter the is parliament this, it, you know is this not a, first?
1: a testimonial is it is it the uh, first that you have a uh, you know, outwardly libertarian candidates running for office in uh, in argentina or was it something that in the past some candidates were more like that and it got away from it and now it's that resurgence
0: well, there's. I, I would say you know to, to make a long story short. Let's say since you know, see in the last like twenty or thirty years, in the nineties, you know, remember nineteen eighty nine, the wall fell, so there was all this, uh, let's say, renewed passion for 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 classical liberal ideas, for market reforms, and in Argentina, it's it's strangely enough the Peronist party allied with, with, with what was at the time the classical liberal party, and they did a lot of reforms. Some of them were very good, but of course, I mean, the, the Peronist party has the, the capacity to pervert everything and, you know, corrupt everything that they touch. So eventually that didn't end up very well. In 2003, there was a presidential candidate that was third, was very close to enter the, the runoff election because we have this system of the so-called ballotage that the, the first two, if you don't get 50%, the first two go to a runoff election. He was very close and he was very openly classical liberal and, and, and saying it very, very clearly. And then there was silence in the sense, politically speaking, I mean, then there was a, there was almost a nuclear winter. There was a huge wave of populism. It was a very dangerous populism because it was populism with money, uh, you know, because the the, the 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 commodity prices. That's why you had you know criminals like Chavez in Venezuela doing whatever they wanted because you know oil skyrocketed. Uh, the prices of all the commodities that Argentina sells, like soy, for instance, skyrocketed. In part, thanks to the Federal Reserve, but that's another, that's that's (laughs) another story. Um, But yeah, yeah, the Federal Reserve boosted the populist uh, revival in Argentina for sure and in Latin America. But regardless of that, yeah, so it it was quite a difficult time. Uh, I think the work that organizations like Fundación Bases and many others did helped keep the tradition alive and now thanks to social medias thanks to very clever use of YouTube and other things, we have a particularly economists who are economists, sorry who are total rock stars and celebrities and people you know that you totally see that they are not known among ourselves you know it's not no, no, it's my, my grandmother knows them you know people normal people knows them they have, 500 600 followers on twitter more on instagram and they are very popular and and that is really boosting the movement and i'm very excited for what's going on
1: yeah i i mean i'm seeing something and i I, not to the extent that you're talking about and i'm hopeful that that's going to happen here in the united states but that's something i've been keying in on a little bit i've been witnessing it and i have it's like you almost feel the groundswell coming In the younger generations now coming up and with social media, you know, I've seen it on TikTok, you know, very popular platform that uh, that I'm trying to get more involved with because like anything, these things always evolve from something very stupid and kitschy and then they start being used for all sorts of things. So I'm seeing a lot of younger people posting economic videos, pushing for free markets and pushing back against top-down, you know, systems like we have in the United States, like Argentina put into place. and. I do wonder if it's a combination of either information access or just that a younger generation is coming up, you know, having experienced COVID and lockdowns, having seen their parents be put out of work, having seen themselves be unable to go out and live their lives. And and especially if you're coming out of college or if you're high school, just trying to get a a basic starter job, if the economics of what's happened could be the best thing to ever happen to libertarianism and free market thinking. What are your thoughts on that?
0: (laughs) That's a very good question, and and I think it's a combination of of what you say and probably other things that we are missing. But definitely, I mean, this all these COVID lockdowns and things like that have been—I mean—they have been like you know, very cold water thrown at you and saying, "Wake up!" because. I mean I, I, like you mentioned at the beginning I, I am in mean, Europe right now Europe has the the, the I mean I, Poland is part of the European Union one of the main and core principles of the European Union was, was free movement of people and that was erased like this yeah. in one second last year without you know without asking yeah. anyone without just you know our overlords decided
1: right I mean, the
0: UN aren't <laughs> aren't even elected. They get to dictate everything you
1: do, where yeah. you move, how your money is spent, and you have no say.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think that for many, when, when you rea- when when you realize, hey, you know, <laughs> I used to have a life, and now I can't go see my grandmother. You know, there's something that is really going on that it, that is very bad. On top of that, add uh, you know the, the the money printing and the craziness with that, that that is also uh, you know fueling a lot of, of very bad sentiments and a lot of, of very bad inequality. I mean, I don't care about inequality in principle. I mean, if it's the fruit of the market, but you know, when you have these artificial booms in the stock market, yeah. this is this is very bad. But I am also, a, 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 I am very thankful for internet and for the, you know, for everything we have now, for this possibility that we have today to do this you know not that long ago, something like the Lions of Liberty, some, something like Electric Land, uh, Liberty Land wouldn't be possible, and now yeah. it's possible, it's extremely popular, and that access of information is definitely helping. Is that de- it was that I remember when you know when I was like, I don't know, 18, 20, 22, the internet was really starting. You really had to go, for instance, if you were interested in the Austrian School of Economics, you had to go look for it. You had to, and it, it, it wasn't that never you were going to, you know, be, be hit by Austrian economics. You had to actively go search for it and be very lucky. Now it's not like that. Now, now that is definitely changing. And I am very optimistic because of that. And the other thing I, I, I think that it's also uh, creating in part this change is that the cultural domination of the left is absolute. And if you're younger you're, and, and you have to rebel, you're not going to do what your teachers, yes. your parents, you know, and, 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 and everybody in TV is, is saying. And the only, the, the only good alternative that you have is to become libertarian. And that is definitely happening.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I have the exact same thoughts. It's funny. My father was just in, ta- in town and and he's more, he's libertarian-ish. You know, Ron Paul had uh, had inspired him, but then he voted for Trump. So, you know, I, I can't, yeah, you can't win them all. But I was talking about that same concept and I think you're spot on in that it is, you know, the kids are going to rebel. And like you said, Everywhere you look, it is the dominant culture. You know, I did a podcast about uh, the left being lazy and how left and progressive thinking is the easiest path. It's the least resistance. It is no risk. You know, it is simply lazy thinking. And people now are realizing that and trying to fight back. So I think you're exactly right. Um, One thing you said I wanted to circle back to is just, we talk about COVID. We talk about the restrictions being put into place. We talk about the inequality that's stemming from these lockdowns. And I was curious to see, you know, we've seen Brexit happen. Um England is, you know, gotten out of it. None of the things that were threatened seem to be coming to fruition, predictably of doom and gloom. Are more countries and have you heard any pitter-pattering of little feet saying, "You know what? This experiment has failed. We're over it now. None of the promises have come to fruition, especially since we've lost our freedom of movement." You know, do you think there's going to be more Brexits coming throughout different nations within the the uh, European Union and might it break up?
0: I, I don't, let's say, in the short term, no, I don't think so. Um, I and This is my personal opinion, you know, and of course, it's everything is debatable. I'm not, I recognize that the European Union has certain flaws. And let's say, I mean, in, let, let's say in, in the West, there's very little to be proud of what has done, what has been done during the pandemic, mm-hmm. be it European Union, the UK, the united states canada whatever you know australia that you know now it's like a like oh, a australia, cuba you like know a in- nightmare oh my
1: god australia has once Indeed. again become a prison island it started as a prison island <laughs> and
0: now it's a prison island again <laughs> back to the roots yeah
1: so hey guys a quick commercial break here sponsor break for two libertarians vanessa abelor and her husband carlos two libertarians who run a cbd company you're going to enjoy that is paloma verde cbd let me spell that for you so you can know where to find it p-a-l-o-m-a-v-e-r-d-e-c-b-d.com now you can use the promo code roar to get 25 percent off your order of 75 dollars or more free shipping though so that's awesome to help support libertarian causes libertarian entrepreneurs and also this show now, let me tell you about these products these are premium grade thc free and with mostly organic ingredients they've got some mink tinctures that are fantastic on about 20 minutes last four to six hours guys Green apple gummies, also strawberry lemonade. Those will last about six to eight hours as well. Fast acting, everyday soft gels, 10 milligrams. Those will hit you fast and hard if you're in pain, if you need some relief quick. And of course, they also have their salves. I'm looking forward to this. Mark is still hoarding it. I'm going to go over and non-aggressively, non-aggression principally, Punch him in the face. (laughs) But I do want to use this solve on my sore knee, this eucalyptus lavender solve. But anyway, guys, check them out. Great company. Support libertarianism. Support us and support them. Go to palomaverdecbd.com. Remember, use that promo code ROAR for 25% off your order of $75 or more and free shipping.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, let's say the COVID, you know, let's take the COVID as a very exceptional thing that has been a disaster everywhere. pre covid I think um, the European Union had you know lights and also shadows th- the same with Brexit uh, I th- you know I-, I wish the UK well I hope the UK becomes um, an engine towards free trade towards uh, free trade towards um, liberalisation that you know forces also the European Union to follow that path but you you know within let say let's say the brexit forces, there were very open, you know, free traders, be- people who have everything very clear, and there were other people who, you know, let's say I I, I wouldn't have you know sit to, to have a coffee with them that I I, right. I think
1: yeah, they are the fringe rightists or fringe uh, people that might be just just blatantly anti-immigration for the sake of anti-immigration type of yeah. Or,
0: or there are criticisms, you know, against the European Central Bank, for instance, which can definitely be criticized, but the criticisms come from the point of view that the the European Central Bank should be even more active than what it is today, you know? It's it's like if I said, no, Biden is not being socialist enough. He should be more like Fidel Castro. And yeah, so I mean, if that's, let's say, that's my criticism against, against, you know, the the statu quo, it's a problem. So in any case, I mean, I think the European Union, in many ways, has been a force for good and for liberalisation. I can assure you that, for instance, in in, in several countries of, of, of Central Europe, um, there will still there will still be, a, for instance, telecommunications monopoly monopolies, if not for the European Union. Mm. So there are many things that, that they done well, but also there are within the union um, some. Very strong centralizing tendencies that are extremely dangerous, and I acknowledge those as well. But it's a bittersweet. Let's say it's it's not a story of 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 good and evil. The you know regarding Brexit or regarding the EU or regarding how the what the central bank is doing, it's it's sometimes it's, it's more complicated than that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, most things are, you know, talking about, um, and again, this, you know, these conversations are always going to be meandering as I think of things that I wanted to to talk a little bit more about earlier. You know, we were talking about the emphasis of social media and the internet on spreading ideas and concepts. And I was just thinking about how, you know, in Argentina that's taking place is discussed. And it makes me think of Cuba and how the government, you know, is in complete control of the internet there. And of course, one of the first things they do is they cut off that, that flow of information because that was clearly one of the things that's leading the people of Cuba to finally rebel. And of course, this is painted and partially accurately um, in many ways as saying, well, U.S. sanction caused some of the issues in in Cuba, which fair enough, you know, you could say that to some extent, but the, you know, the interest of public people becoming aware of their circumstances as compared to other nations and seeing that information come in, it fascinates me how people can still support states that could have the amount of control that they do. And you see it in the US, I'm not sure what's happening in Poland or the broader European Union as far as information of control over COVID and other topics, but it makes me very concerned as to that free flow of information. So what, I mean, is there anything going on where you are as far as the censorship we've seen on social media platforms uh, and the, I guess, the pushing of a singular narrative by government entities,
0: I would say most of the of the censorship basically came from the social media platforms themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, in the European Union, and in general, of course, you know there was this massive narrative being pushed. But it was being pushed. It's not that, uh, you know, nothing else could be said. It's just that, you know, the, the, the official apparatus of, of news was very much in, in favor of that. Let's, I think there will be solutions. I think we are already seeing some, some solutions to, to what has happened. But particularly what, what happened in YouTube and on Twitter is extremely sad, I mean, how, how they became the gatekeepers that they were supposed to to, to you know to come in and, and, and eliminate that, that 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 is really very sad. Um, well, I don't thing, think. I'm sorry that to interrupt
1: you, but but did you no, see? Please. And this is just crazy a crazy thing that just happened. Did you see that Jack Dorsey and maybe his account got hacked by somebody inside Twitter? But Jack Dorsey has recently started tweeting out articles from Mises.org. Did you hear about this? I.
0: <laughs> I, I I saw it. Yeah. I, I mean, he's very much into Bitcoin and, you know, he was, I don't yeah. think it was uh, by me, maybe <laughs> you never know, but yeah, he's very much, he was, you know, it was the 50th anniversary of, you know, the abandonment of the, of the gold standard. Yeah. That, that's very interesting. That That's very interesting. It's a, he, I mean, Jack Dorsey in particular, he's a quite interesting character. He, I mean, mm. I, I think, Clearly, let's say the machine has made, them, made him do things that he probably wouldn't like to do, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's 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 definitely interesting what's going on.
1: Yeah, because it seems like, you know, it's just something I was kind of leaning into the left left being lazy thing again, is that these people created these unbelievably groundbreaking platforms. You know, you've got Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, you know, platforms which were for the democratization of content creation of communications. And then they got into bed with government, um, you know, here working hand in hand with the Biden administration to combat certain narratives or counterfactual information or disinformation, wherever you want to call it. And that's really what is heartbreaking to me. And why you know I talk about you know regulations and also corp- you know corporate cronyism and technocratic governments that merger is what really terrifies me in many ways and I know there's some legislation they're trying to push through here in the United States which I don't know if it's going to work or not um, is there anything like that in Europe where you're seeing a pushback where people are saying we need to separate governments and
0: technology platforms in that way. I don't think it I don't think it's as lively as in the in the US. What you have and I mean this is let's say it's a growing movement it's a lot of people who thanks to their own technical knowledge they can basically do a lot you know live you know in a, in a way freer uh, way than than we used to live that than, than we you know can live because they, you know they are quasi hackers. You know they, they 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 have been living, let's say, like off the grid in many ways. Right. Um, but it's it's more I, what I would say in Europe, and unfortunately in Europe, and this is a very big problem. There are there's a push to towards sorry this kind of of centralized policies coming from the EU regarding... Now they are talking about e-commerce and all, but you know that this this is not going to end up well if it happens. And, and that is, that is a very big issue. Why do you think it is? Do you think it's just something cultural
1: passed down from generation to generation where there does seem to be in Europe a broader trust in government as this is... And this is the concern in the United States. I see more of people trusting government as the arbiter of truth. Why do you think that is in Europe? Why do you think people gravitate towards that state? You know, centralized control. You think it's because of the historical? You know, there's so many countries in such a tightly packed area that are warring all the time that they just want to say, somebody please, you know, weigh in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you know. Let's it's, it's that's let's say that's a very good point, and I mean there there are issues. Um, you know how let's how unique what was what was going on in the us you know 200 something years ago it's it's, it's very interesting and it's something that uh, i don't know if if we've seen in many countries around the globe and the the, the tradition in europe particularly in certain countries is more like state-centric. I think, let's say, you know, to, to put, you know, because if not, we will have to, you know, start speaking up from the Greek to to now. But right. <laughs> just you know, to to <laughs> to think about the the uh, after the Second World War, I think one one big issue is that Europe, in a way, is a victim of its own success because. Uh, you know, after the war, they, they they recovered. Things went very well. Life in Europe is still great in many aspects. Mm. Uh, so it's difficult to generate demand for change and for in in form for reform when things you know everything seems that it's great. You know that there's really there's there, there are not that big or pressing issues. I come from a country like Argentina that has a lot of those pressing issues and I can see the difference very clearly. And I think to a certain extent that creates a a certain kind of like a comfort zone that you don't want to to abandon. I think another another issue might be that... um, how can I put this? That uh, there is not. I mean, and, and, and with this I go. Sorry to the to the historical part, but the tradition of freedom is. Uh, I mean, it's not as the US had the 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 great thing. Like many countries in like all countries in America, by the way, to be like a blank slate in you know in 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 many ways. And that is not the situation in Europe. And I think that is still... But on the other hand, because I I want to be fair and positive as well. In Europe, there there are a lot of, of, of displays of dynamism, of things that are happening that are very interesting. I am, for instance, a great admirer of the small country, the Baltic country of Estonia. What is going on? Estonia has, according to the tax foundation in the U.S., the best uh, tax system in the in the, the whole OECD. It has an, a, a system of, of e-government that is amazing, that is, by the way, planned in order to serve the citizens and the state is at the, you know, the state, let's say, tries to serve the citizens, not the other way around. And this is, let's say, like, like economists say, this is, you know, the, the revealed preference because the tax system of Estonia, for instance, do, does not tax you, if you keep the money in your company or you reinvest it, it only taxes you when you actually make a profit. So that's, lit- that's literally saying, hey, Brian, you want to start a company. We are not going to make you pay for the right for yeah. to exist, you know, when you don't have clients, when you don't have, you know, any, any revenue at all. No. Hey, start, you know, hopefully it will go well. Maybe it won't because, you know, being an entrepreneur is very difficult, by the way. And if it goes well and eventually you, you know, you get some dividends for yourself, okay, we'll tax you. And by the way, they, they will tax you with a flat tax of 20%, which is very low. So there are lots of things. You have Ireland that has improved a lot. Poland, I mean, Poland currently, let's say, don't, doesn't have the best government. I mean, very, very, very few countries do, but, um, but what has happened in Central Europe in general, the Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia, Poland, Hungary to a certain extent, now with some, unfortunately, political turbulences, but the reforms that happened here, Lithuania, Latvia, the things that they have done here are very forward thinking, are very at the cutting edge of of, of classical liberal public policies, of, of taxes that are tolerable, as, uh, you know, Adam Smith wanted, so the... You know, there are also other many interesting things going on in the the continent.
1: Let me take a quick second to tell you all, dating apps suck. Now, yes, I did meet my wife on one that's a true story I actually did meet my beautiful wife Sandy on a dating app actually a dating website cuz I am an old man but I've heard that dating apps are just the worst however I've got a new solution for you uh you know instead of these superficial face swiping uh expert apps that are out there that are a big waste of time we've got a new sponsor I think you're going to love it's a new app called Drum now, I'm, I'm not Swedish. It's the Swedish word for dream, but it's based upon value-based matching. So if you're a libertarian, things probably aren't necessarily going to work out with somebody that's a statist. I remember, uh, you know, <laughs> fortunately, I didn't have to deal with this too much, but I remember uh, tales from Marx dating woes back before he met his lovely wife uh, about matching up with progressives here in lovely Los Angeles. So you can avoid that. You can match up with somebody that's not a, sta- a statist that might uh, share your same religion, and other core values. So basically, what you want to get on is go to d r o m dot date. So it's drum forward slash lions, and use the promo code lions to sign up. It's a free app. You can get on there. Values based. You can pick your deal breakers. You can pick the things that you want. Uh, as soon as someone matches with you, you're going to get a notification. There's no experts. There's no match percentages. You pick what you want and you get just those matches, guys. And if you don't find a deal breaker or a deal maker that's important to you, you could add your own. to Other people can find them, kind of like hashtagging on social media, right? You can add your own deal maker, deal breaker for other people to search for that and find you. So check that out, guys. Uh, it's private. It's anonymous uh, as far as these these codes you're making. It's also video only. So that way you have more of a human interaction here, guys. So you're getting a video only free dating app brand new to check out. That's going to find you your uh, your dream girl, thus the name. Again, check that out. D-R-O-M dot date, drum dot date forward slash lions. You type that into your browser window on your phone. It's going to take you to the app store. You can download that for free. Have fun. Tell me about it. Hopefully you get lucky. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. That's, I mean, that's amazing. To hear. I didn't, I didn't know a lot of the, uh, the, the progressive movements that you've been talking about as far as taxa- taxation in those European countries. So I'll have to look a little bit more into that because it's fantastic to hear. Um, one thing I found interesting just in regards to kind of the European mentality is that when I was on a talk before where, you know, Britt Shire had invited me to, uh, to take part in the free market road show, uh, Britt, who of course you work with and, and is a wonderful woman. Um, so, one of the things that I was taking part in was a, a conversation about intellectual property. And I found it very interesting that uh, – and I got pushback in the comments, I remember the moderator telling me – was I was taking it, an anti-IP standpoint, uh, but so many people viewed intellectual property and specifically uh, the support of the arts as something that the governments had to safeguard. And I found that very interesting on many levels because – Obviously, here there's some support for the arts, but I would argue that that's something individual, independent. I wouldn't want governments to influence it or have a say in that because, of course, governments change and they have their own political driving forces behind them. Um, But also, again, coming back around, I wonder if it's something in the European cultural mindset or mentality that because – there was so much back and forth conquering and, you know, and loss of culture and loss of art. And is that something deeply embedded where Europeans want that safeguarded and don't believe that it will exist if the government isn't there to protect it? Huh. We're getting way off topic. I, well, I, by I, the way, none of what we've talked about the last half hours what I told Federico. No, no but it's, it's, it's,
0: no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. No, it's, it's great. And I would say, let's say I would, I think we we could divide and and I would like to th- know also what you think about this i I think we could divide one thing is you know the support of the arts and the other one is 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 this you know defending IP, IP. Mm. the support you know I was let's say again to be to be balanced you know Europe has countries like Estonia or Ireland that are doing amazing things, mm. but Europe also has you know some of the biggest tax hells in the world yeah. and that basically means that for many people for most people i would say this that you have in the u.s and that it's so great that is this civil society uh, culture of you know donations of it's, it's not that possible because you know most of their income is taken is taken by the government so at least they expect certain things you know uh, in, in 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 return and there are also, I mean, I think in Europe, and again, here the, the history and even, you know, the, the architecture of the place play a very uh, important role because I, I hope I am not misquoting him, but I think even Václav Klaus, the former like uh, prime minister of, of and president of, of the Czech Republic, who is, who is a strong libertarian, he's also a little bit of polemic to certain people but I think he has done great things. He even said that he will never remove the um, the ban that you have in Prague to, you know, tear down buildings or build, you know. <laughs> so, and really, the guy is not a socialist. And and, and when you yeah. go to Prague, you understand that, you know, if, 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 Why if they if, want to protect so that. Yeah, I, I, I think those things play definitely a, a, a role and, and, you know, and, and, and really the, the high taxation countries need to be taken in, in, into consideration in the sense that mm-hmm. people say, okay, at least, you know, give me, you know, some good museums, you know, try to, you know, uh, subsidize the arts, you know, probably that's not the best way. The debate against, I you know, about, sorry, IP, it's really. I mean, it's. This is very funny. Now it has become like almost a talking point in the libertarian movement. But this is. I'm old enough to remember that this is not that uh, old. This has roughly 10. I, I think that the, the one of the, the 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 big responsibles to bring this debate is, is Stefan Kinsella, who wrote this this magnificent article. And I think the article is from 2009 or something. I mean, it's not something that it's been being debated and i remember on the
1: lines of liberty podcast by the way the very first amazing
0: guest. <laughs> yeah well yeah way yeah back, yeah no, back, he, he's he's great he's yeah. great and he has very good uh, points and i remember listening to to jeffrey tucker in brazil he was brought to a to a conference by by my friends of, of Mrs. institute brazil and he was saying this was like in 2012 i think and he was saying no the first time then he became very much, let's say, in favor. He said, the first time I, I, I heard about Stefan Kinsella's arguments, I thought, no, this is like a, a libertarian, you know, brain fart. Or, this, you know, let's discuss, you know, the sex of the angels or something like that. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and definitely Stefan makes very good points. You know, I have, let's say, mixed feelings against about, you know, IP. In the sense, for instance... I'm a strong supporter of IP in the sense of, I consider IP how a company brand and labels itself. And I think that should definitely be protected. And that is, by the way, under assault by governments that, you know, want to apply plain packaging. Well, I mean, they have done it to cigarettes, but now it's plain packaging for everything. In Chile, by the way, in Chile, there are Everything has plain packaging and labels of every, you know, bad labels. You know, like sugar. This that the worst case, Brian is, you know, they have, you know, the the you know the Easter bunny chocolates. They don't have a face. They don't have anything. So you go to the supermarket and you see. This relatively long red thing, it looks like something completely different that shouldn't oh, be in a supermarket. A sexual, yeah. Trust me. A sexual device. <laughs> that's, that's the monstrosity oh, of, 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 of plain packaging. And all. Oh, so wow. I think that is IP. I think that should be protected. Mm. Patents, you know, in the US, unfortunately, you have, let's say, I, I think, you know, you also see in the US, particularly the extremes of patents. And, you know, what that right. people who want to patent everything and, you know, just basically to, to, to get some money from whoever right. is doing That's something. Is. That's yeah. horrible. You know, let's say, I, I think, let's say we should be, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in favor of trying uh, to, uh, Let's say we should do some sort of trial and error process. We should be prudent and we should experiment. And we should also, and this is an, another thing that could be done, you know, if governments wanted, let people experiment. There are, for instance, you know, there are universities have, you know, these research centers. They could have private agreements with the researchers, what to do with the IP, how to handle it. If you want to get the IP, maybe you get less salary or, or you know, there are millions right. of things that could be done that would allow, maybe some would say, no, okay, we want everything open and let's see what happens. Let's try those things, let more experimentation happen and see what are the results and and, and, and what's the best solution.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you there. I mean, without a doubt, there should be much more experimentation in virtually every aspect. And we do see so much of that curtailed by government, controlled by regulations. And that's one of the biggest problems I have. And, and we'll move on after this. I don't want to make this a, you know an IP conversation. But you know, that's <laughs> the problem I have is that it's like anything when you get into uh, regulations and the largest companies being able to, to dominate and control a certain space, a certain sector because of their you know their ability to legislate or uh, or have lawsuits presented based upon that ip and putting different barriers in place to experimentation and to entrepreneurs um okay so let's move on to talk a little bit because this time has flown by. we are already been talking 45 minutes, which is – it really went by quickly. So let's get back to what you're doing with the Austrian uh, Economic Center and um, your role there, what the center does. And also then let's talk a little bit about the upcoming conference because, as I've been telling people, uh, you can still submit papers. So I want people to try to get involved. Yeah. Hopefully, my audience can say, hey, you know what? I've got some thoughts. Come to the conference. Come join us in Vienna. It's going to be amazing. Uh, in person – Unless they lock us down and uh, you know close the countries again, which pff, God please don't. Um, so yeah, please t- fill us in on this because this is uh, really important stuff you're doing.
0: Thank you, and and yeah, I mean first you know uh, really we are doing we are doing an Austrian conference, an Austrian economics conference in Vienna, which is like the mothership. I mean, really, <laughs> if that you know is not <laughs> you know come uh, come children to the mothership, you know come to the cathedral and you know we'll. Really, it's it's like a, it's it's really like a dream. We we were we were lucky enough to already the, the conference was born in Argentina in two thousand six. Um, I always wanted to 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 bring it to Vienna. Well, it took some time, but finally in two thousand nineteen we, we could do it. It was a very successful event. We were very happy uh, with how it went. We had to close registration because you know at one point uh, we, we you know there wasn't so uh, and and really it's 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 an event in Vienna. We do before the conference we do like uh, like social activities. We will have this year. We will have a special walking tour dedicated to Karl Menger because this year is the 150th anniversary of the publication of, of his principles on, on economics. So there will be a lot of, of, of good things. We, we, are, we really want to prioritize social aspects, not socialist aspects, social aspects <laughs> and, and, um, and networking. That is something that we have all been missing and that is something we yeah. used to, be very proud at the conference. One of the great outcomes of the conference, and that always had made make us very happy and proud, is that lots of new ideas, projects, synergies were born at the conference. People meeting you know during a coffee break, hey Brian, I heard your, you know, I, I heard you talking, we should do this. And that's amazing. And that's really one of we really want the conference to operate as a platform for libertarians in this case in Europe, but uh, from other parts of the world as well.
1: Well, I that is absolutely beautiful. And that's something I've been thinking a lot about as well is especially when we talk about the philosophy of libertarianism, we talk about free markets, we talk about entrepreneurship, things that really we we own philosophically, but we need to have more demonstrable effects, more successful business partnerships, more success stories, more content than we can point to, to people to say, look, we're doing it this philosophy works we're successful we're out there changing the culture creating these amazing new technologies or a business concepts and i find that that's something uh hopefully it's more you know less of a problem in europe but in in the united states at least you don't have people that are outwardly free market outwardly you know libertarian or classic liberal that are leading the culture And that's something that needs to change if we're going to get more people converted to our way of thinking and to look at us as leaders rather than these progressives that are guiding tech companies or whatever it might be. So I think that's fantastic.
0: (laughs) Thank you. And indeed, and that's the and and by the way, you know, regarding the conference, I think something, you know, like what you were saying is we wanted, we always, you know, our, the keynote speakers and the kind of guests that we have, like set the tone of the conference. And for instance, we are very much interested in new media. We are very, very much interested in what libertarians like you are doing with podcasting you know and and mm-hmm. we really uh, we, we really think that that's one of the ways to go for the libertarian movement so yeah. we are extremely happy to 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 have you uh this year that you'll be you know t- recording a live oh, episode uh, at the conference uh, uh, that's going to be amazing you have uh, you know big big uh, big shoes to fill because three years ago Bob Murphy and Tom Woods did that at the conference. So uh, it's going to be, there's, there's a, a hard competition, but uh, I'm sure you'll, yeah. be, you'll be up to it. I'm up for and it. The up it. The, and the other thing is, definitely. And the other thing is the kind of um, uh, keynote speakers that we have, we have Hannes Gisurarsson from Iceland He's a very serious and dedicated scholar. He has also done a lot of very cool things regarding, you know, markets for fishing, which in is, which is in Iceland is very important. And but he's a very a, a very a serious and interesting scholar. We have. Jeff Booth, who is not a scholar and who is not technically an Austrian, but he's very much related to what we are doing. I don't know in case he's, I mean, he's very well known in certain circles. I think he should be more known in the, in the Austrian circles. His book, The Price of Tomorrow, which was published last year, I think is one of the most significant books of the 21st century. And I think is one of the most Austrian books publish in the and he's not only let's say he's not only a successful entrepreneur he's not only a, a, a bestseller author, he's also someone who's very much into technology innovation and he's, let's say in, he's pushing Bitcoin a lot and not for you know like, hey let's make money with Bitcoin no, for, <laughs> for the important reasons. I mean making money with bitcoin is also great but was also, also doing it for, for, for the, the the right uh, the, the right reasons. And, and he's, again, he embodies something that we want to show that, you know, that is social economics, that is libertarianism. Then, we, then we have Mark Kausen, who is not only a fantastic economist, but he's also the organizing, or the organizing force be- behind Freedom Fest. And he's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's, fantastic scholar, uh, author of of many books, but also he's an activist, you know, in the the good way of the, in the good meaning of the word. And we have from from Poland, by the way, a young disillusioned scholar called Agnieszka Puanka, who is magnificent. She's very much disillusioned with academia, even though now she's finishing her, her PhD. She's very young, by the way. She's studying very in intre- and, and doing research in in very interesting fields particularly psychology and totalitarianism and the totalitarian tendencies of states and again she's another profile that we think really shows with the kind of conference we we want to have and this conference is not only i mean you can come as an attendee listen to you know and have a great time with us you know talk to talk to everyone at the coffee breaks at the social meetings at the dinner etc but you can also submit a paper we have an academic committee that uh, selects them um, we try to be let's say generous but also rigorous with what we with what we uh, have in 2019, we had close to 60 presentations, all in all, in the conference. Uh, we expect we would let's see what we have this year because you know it's it's not business as usual. But right. the, the 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 call for papers still open, and we are uh, really looking forward for uh, to receiving as as many as we as we as we can, and for people from all over the world, from the US, to come to the conference to present their ideas and to to generate this this climate that it's not only intellectual, but it's also of people who are doing things and what else can be done. Hey, I'm doing this, you're doing that. Okay. What, what we can do together? What, what, what projects are, are born at the conference? We're very excited for that to happen.
1: Yeah. And it's, you can, so you can go register. It's Austrianconference.org and people can still yes. register there. My mouse has decided to stop working. There we go. I was just going to make sure. So yes, uh, Austrianconference.org guys, you can submit there. You can find out all the information and, uh, and get involved. And I really do hope people will come out for that. It's just an awesome time. And uh, you know, with COVID, you could probably get some decent deals traveling internationally. I'm sure the uh, airfare is probably a little discounted compared to what it would normally be. So hopefully people jump on that opportunity. Um, just to wrap the show up, because Afghanistan is so top of mind, I, I save it for the end, but I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Um, you know, we're seeing the United States was involved for 20 years in, in Afghanistan based upon the premise that, of course, uh, the Taliban was behind the 9-11 tax. That was proven to be false, but we were there for 20 years. And now we've pulled out, expended, An unbelievable amount of resources, time, money, blood. And, uh, immediately after pulling out within what three days, the country's been taken over by the Taliban. I mean, what's, I'm just curious what the take in Europe is. Are people more or less pointing and laughing? And has, do you think this drives home very concretely that empire building is no longer possible and is a fool's errand partaken for these countries, for any
0: country? It, it, it's it's very funny that you know it took the taliban i mean if we wanted to tour afghanistan it would have been it would have taken longer than three yeah, days yeah, yeah. i mean it took them yeah. <laughs> military <laughs> retaking the country took them less than you know if we were touring it you know as you know just yeah. as as normal travelers you know seeing the place that's amazing yeah. i mean there are this is you know th- this is really one of of the very important topics and, you know, just to, 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 to be completely honest and, f- and fair. I remember when, when all this craziness started 2001, 2002, I was not against the invasion of, Af- of Afghanistan. Right, yeah. And well, you mentioned someone that really, I mean, it's not that I'm going to give him credit or, or he would care, but what Ron Paul did was, i mean went way beyond the borders of the of the us and influenced and created a lot of libertarians all over the world and in fact i was very much influenced by uh, what he was saying about wars what he was saying And that completely changed my my view on the topic. But I have to admit at the beginning I was thinking I was saying, oh yeah, the invasion of Afghanistan is not that crazy. Probably it's the right thing to do given what happened in in, in 9-11. And you know, let's say I'm not a bloodthirsty uh, maniac, you know, psychopath. There are unfortunately there are a lot of people that I think like myself are 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 very much confused still. The role of the traditional media in that has been appalling, and they oh, have been oh, cheerleaders okay. for yeah. every, you know, craziness, you know, bombing, and whoever, you know. That that's al- that's always fun. Yeah. Exactly. You want to, you know, you want to bomb Argentina? It's lovely. Yeah, that's presidential. Yeah, great. great. They'll make up up a reason why it was
1: warranted. It's not a problem. We'll figure it out. As they say, we'll fix it in post, right? The old Hollywood saying.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, that's um, the the thing is, you know, and, and you were asking for the European perspective. I mean, this is, you know, from, you know. By many people, this is seen as you know something that we all knew was going to happen. Because I mean, <laughs> you know, would you have bet? No, no. The moment you know the the American forces uh, move from Afghanistan, the country will completely stabilize and everything will be great. Now we all knew right. that you know, and this was delaying the inevitable. You know, by with a huge cost. I mean, this was was all insane. The other thing, Brian, you know, related to this, let's say. Very trigger happy foreign policy, this, you know, nation building and things like that. The disaster that has happened in the, in the Middle East and North Africa has created a lot of problems for Europe. The, the so-called uh, refugee crisis yeah. is a direct consequence of the destruction of Libya, of the, of everything that happened in Egypt and in, and in many other countries. And that again, I mean, this this is you know like playing with forces that you 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 know how this starts, but you never know how this uh, finishes, and it always finishes you know in a in a very bad way, and, and, and not in a way that you would have predicted at all. And in that sense, you know, let's say uh, uh, what's going on in Afghanistan is is definitely a, a part of, 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 of all that. We'll see what what happens in the future it was, I don't think it was unexpected. People are, are looking at, okay, yeah, this is another, but the, 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 what, what has happened particularly in North Africa, what has, it's been a, it's been very destabilizing for, for Europe. It's been very destabilizing for the, for the European union. And it has created lots of tensions and, and situations that shouldn't have happened. And, and, it, I mean, they are not going to stop in the near future, at least you know, unless you are extremely optimistic, which I mean, in that in this case, I, I am not. So, these tensions will continue for for a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. In the exactly West, talking? in general, I think we should think of of, of different ways. This, uh, um, you know, this. I mean, and, and I think the, the the good way would be go the the, the Ron Paulian way, which is you know. Mm-hmm. Do your thing in your own country, don't bother anyone, trade, try to be an example. That's it.
1: Right. Well, it just seems like, you know, it used to be this concept of exporting American culture was the best way forward. And I still agree that that is the best way forward, the best ideas. I mean, we talked about the free market of ideas. The best ideas will speed across the world the fastest. They will be adopted the most uh, speedily and readily and have the most impact. And you look at militaristic intervention and how it has the opposite effect. You know, we're looking about terrorism. You know, you're creating more terrorists or, or terrorists. I do not even call them terrorists anymore. We're the ones that are terrorizing them. But every, you know, for every person you kill, you create five more people that have a vendetta against you. And like you said, the impact of people fleeing, refugees. I can't imagine, especially when you have talk about European cultures, where they're very unique, very strongly identified cultures, and then having a, a, a large segment of the population you know, basically transplanted in there with little chance for acculturation. It's not even that they necessarily want to be a part of that culture. And the bitterness that's going to stem from that, not only from the people that are coming there, but from the people that, of course, are in that country already to have to deal with these forces and then to expect them to simply be able to harmoniously merge together is beyond ridiculous. So, yeah, to your point, the United States and and militarism in general is just causing an absolute amount of strife that... I can't think is developing any goodwill anywhere it reaches. <laughs> Maybe Coca Cola still yeah. is, but you know, the country at large. Is-
0: I mean, it's 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 not the United States. It's it's the government, and it's the same. You know, I, sometimes I say China is doing this, and it's not China. China is a country full of magnificent people. It's just you know that they are governed by by communists. Right. <laughs> well, this is you know this is the same. It's just uh, But I mean, in, in on you know the, the the U.S. is still the beacon of freedom. And of uh, you know of hope in the world, and and you know, and, and if very bad things happen in the U.S., uh, even worse things will happen in other in other places. So that 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 is uh, that is definitely still the, the reality, and it's a, it's and it's a force of, of for good in many you know it's, it's civil society, the people, the entrepreneurs. It's still a, a magnificent example and a magnificent force of for good in, in many ways. So there's still hope, you know, that things will yeah. will change, you know, well, in the worth, in, so in the upper echelons up of politics.
1: Yeah, so still worth fighting for, I guess. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep pushing, I guess, through the uh, to keep the, the libertarian and free market emphasis strong in the face of strong government opposition. Um I think that's going to wrap it up. I mean anything else you want to you want to say to people as far as following you, following the Austrian Center, um following, you know, any of the other social platforms so people can get involved, stay active and see what you're doing and uh, and of course I'll also put these in the show notes for the show which are at lionsofliberty.com/episodes/ell242.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Firstly, thank you. It was great uh, having this conversation with you. Yeah, you can awesome. follow the, the Austrian Center on 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 Twitter, on on, on Instagram. It's at Austrian Center. Uh, also, you can follow Fundación Bases at at Fundación Bases. It's very easy, both in in, in on Twitter and, and 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 Instagram. And go check AustrianConference.org. Write us an email if you want to want uh, more, or you want to find but more, or or uh, write us on social media. We reply. We try to reply very very quickly, and we'll be very happy to have a, as as much of your audience at, at in Vienna, at an Austrian and libertarian conference uh, in November as well. The conference we are very optimistic. We think it's going to happen, and the conference is going to be in person, or it won't be. We are not doing any live streams or anything like that. that that's great. But an event like the conference needs the face-to-face interaction, need yeah. the social parts in order to create, every, to develop all, all its potential. So we're, we're really optimistic. We're doing a, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but I mean, we're doing a big effort to do this. The, everybody at the Austrian Center is doing a, a very big effort and also at Fundación Bases. But, you know, this event is in Vienna and most of the of the burden Falls into into their uh, shoulders, and they are doing a very big effort, and a very sincere effort to to have this conference, and also for us as libertarians to push for you know the, the go back to normal, the real normal, not the new normal, right. the real normal, the good normal, you know, be able to, to you know to travel, to meet people, and 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 to be social beings as as we have always been. So. If you want to support that, that would be great. Join us in Vienna, Austrianconference.org.
1: There you go. As I've been yelling at people, don't be lazy. Get involved, people. So, again, thank you, Federico Fernandez, everybody. Check him out. Check the Austrian Conference out. And, of course, I will continue to talk about this and remind you all. Uh, So I will wrap the show up. Thank you again. We'll see you soon. (laughs) All right, everybody. So... Just to end it, that was a fantastic conversation. Like I said, I, I'm really a fan of, uh, of Federico and everything that he's doing. I thought the conversation was really fun, really fascinating. And uh to remind you, we have many other fun, fascinating conversations here on the Lions Liberty Podcast. Mark Claire on Mondays. He is Finishing up his debate month, we just had Angela McArdle uh, and Matt Erickson discuss the Ron Paul movement, which was a pretty fascinating conversation that was on Monday. And, of course, John Odermatt with Finding Freedom, he is every Thursday. So make sure to listen to those, subscribe to the podcast, share the show. If you can, tell a friend, tell a loved one, uh, send it to uh, somebody randomly on the street, tell a person on a bus. However, it spreads the message of liberty. That's all we ask. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube as well, where hopefully I will not get pulled from. All right, guys, for me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged into Liberty.